0: Go to Sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's SYLVAN29.com.
1: Start! You can call me Bruce. A Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bruce Exclusive. Welcome back. I am not going to call it X for at least a little while longer. I'm just not going to do it. You can find me on Twitter. Just let I mean, use use that phrasing. Not really going to say anything else. Just going to call it what I think it is. And that'll be it. This show is very much going to be a zig when everyone else is zagging kind of show. And I try to do that as much as possible because I recognize that this show is a supplementary podcast for a lot of people. It's not the first place you go for your information because it's only once a week. So you usually have something you listen to on a daily or semi, you know, regular basis. And then you also, ah, it's a nice little treat. We're going to listen to the Bruce exclusive. So we're going to zig when everyone else is zagging. We are going to talk about Consumption of information in the preseason, which is getting ready to start tonight, the Hall of Fame game, if you're listening to this on the day it drops, consumption of information during the preseason and training camp, but lessons that also would extend to the remainder of your football experience. We're going to talk about consumption because it's very important that we not conflate terminology. For example, is the information that you're receiving analysis? Is it reporting? Those are not the same things. And as the lines get particularly blurry with people who provide analysis and also people who have sources and things like that, I think it's really good to take a second to sit down and discuss the sliding scale between objectivity and insight. So I've talked about this briefly before, but we're going to go ahead and, and dive into it a little bit more significantly right now. If you hear a report about a contract dispute between a player and a team from an NFL insider, there are only two places that that person is getting the information. They're getting it from a source within the team, or they're getting it from a agent. So a source within the player's camp or a source within the team camp. And frequently you can tell the information that you're receiving if it's being filtered through one of those lenses. It's usually pretty obvious. If it is information that seems to benefit the team, it was probably leaked by the team. If it's information that seems to benefit the player, it was probably leaked by the player. The overwhelming majority of breaking sources that you see are agents who texts people. The agent will text an insider and an insider will tweet it out. And that's how it works. Insiders are megaphones for information. They are conduits for information from other people. But the agent might have a follower count of 16,000 and the insider might have a follower count of 2 million. So if you want to get your information out, you would provide it to the largest possible megaphone you can which is an insider who has a ton of followers on Twitter. You want to get your information out. You want to control the narrative. And this is the best way to do it. Let's take this one step further. And the reason this is a discussion is because Jonathan Taylor's agent on Twitter recently. Yes, Twitter, not X. Not yet. I will not cave. Has been kind of having some dust-ups. Been speaking sort of publicly and historically, the reason why this is interesting is because usually it doesn't come from the agent. Usually it comes from the agent funneling information through an quote-unquote insider. My dogs are barking in the background. They are not insiders. They are not wolf-siders. They are not Leroy from Barstool, the insider dog. RIP, Leroy. And that's an unusual thing for the agent to be talking that brash of a manner Publicly, usually this stuff is funneled through an insider. So if you are an insider and you utilize agents as your main source of engagement on social media, which is a huge part of the job, you are far less likely to say something critical of one of those agents' clients because now you're going to lose access to that information, which is one of the reasons why the analysis part of content doesn't often overlap with the sources and insider part of content because it creates a issue for those people. If you are getting information from an agent of a player or an agent who represents a lot of different players, then you don't want to lose access to that information. And if you were to speak negatively of that client or that agent, you would potentially lose access and your competitors would then have the market cornered On specific access. It is best for you if the people who are the insiders stay out of the analysis business because that thing overlapping can get messy. You can understand that now. The same thing applies on a lower level. I'll give you a great example. If I'm best friends with Deion Dawkins, left tackle for the Buffalo Bills, I am going to be privy, thank you, Doug Whaley, to information that a lot of other people are not privy to because I'm best friends with Dion Dawkins. So I'm gonna get information by being best friends with Dion Dawkins and it will probably help my show be more informative because I'll have information I otherwise wouldn't have access to. But I'm probably not gonna say anything critical of Deion Dawkins. So the insight now stands opposed to the objectivity because I'm now pulling back I can't say something that might or might not be the truth. It might be the truth, but I can't say it. Because if I do, I will lose the access. And the access is necessary to get the insight, and the insight drives the show. So now I need that. So now because I need that, now I can't say everything that I otherwise would have because I need to keep that conduit flowing. And if Deion Dawkins has to be best friends, if he happens to be best friends with Spencer Brown, now I can't say anything critical of Spencer Brown for fear that I lose access to Deion Dawkins and Deion Dawkins is what's providing me information and insight that I wouldn't otherwise have. You see how these things connect. Sometimes the analysis part and the insight part are directly conflictual. So when you are consuming information, make sure you're keeping your thinking cap on. None of this is bad. It's really important that I I say that. None of this is bad. It's just different. Me being best friends with Deion Dawkins and getting information from him because I'm best friends with Deion Dawkins, that's not bad. The fact that I can't necessarily be as critical as I probably otherwise would have of Deion Dawkins and Spencer Brown, that's not bad. It's just different. You're choosing the insight Over some of the objectiveness that you would otherwise have. And so, you as a viewer or as a listener need to understand what you're consuming. And the choices that are made in the creation of the content are there, but you might not think about them all the time. So, you now have to be aware in your consumption of the content because decisions were made about the creation. But if you're not familiar with the decision that might need to be made about the creation of the content, you won't be able to consume the content as intelligently. And I'd like you to. I want us all to be smarter consumers of content. None of this is bad. I'm not saying I'm trying to vilify people who choose not to have that insight and those relationships that give him those insight. And I'm not vilifying the people who choose to have those relationships and get that insight and potentially lose some of that objectivity. Neither one of those things is bad, but oftentimes the decision was made. So when you are listening to a specific person say a specific thing, training camp, a lot of contract stuff comes up, a lot of injury stuff comes up. This is a big part of that free agency, the draft, this applies across the spectrum. But as we swing into football season, I wanted to bring it up again because it matters. Oftentimes you get insight from access. You get access from relationships and you lose objectivity through relationships. That's how it works. But if you don't have the relationship, sometimes you can't get the insight which means you can't speak as intelligently on certain situations as you otherwise would. So there might be somebody out there who's really more objective, but they're less informed. So is that content worse? So if I'm super objective, but I'm less informed, is my content worse than somebody who is much more informed, but therefore less objective? No, it's probably out in the wash. And it's up to you as a consumer to recognize that when you listen to it. None of those things is bad, but decisions were made. It's almost like weighing scales. The more of one you have, the less of the other you have. And this applies to every report from every person and every piece of content that will ever be out there. Every show I ever do is impacted by this. Every show that anyone ever does is impacted by this. Every report you ever read is impacted by this. Every single article you'll ever read is impacted by this phenomenon. And it's important that you know that. Because you're consuming tons of content. Because you're a super fan. That's what super fans do. And as you consume the content, a lot of these lines get blurry. I've said before, openly, I have no sources. I know lots of people who do. And I keep my trap shut about all of them. So does that mean my show is going to be more objective, but potentially less informed? Yes. Yes, it is. And that's the God's honest truth. There's going to be something that I will say that will be wrong because there's a piece of perspective that I am missing. But the only way for me to get that piece of perspective is to have a relationship that would give it to me that would allow me to have that insight. And if I had that insight, I'd be less objective. That's an absolutely true phenomenon. And I want to be intellectually honest. I want to make sure I'm sharing where I fall on this scale and where my content falls on the scale. Really important. So as we consume content, whether it's training camp, whether it's preseason, Hall of Fame game, whether it's anything else moving forward, put it in the context of objectivity and insight. And know that in many circumstances, the more of one you have, the less of the other you have. And that's just the way it works. It's not a, a bad thing. We're not. There's nobody evil here. There's nobody vilifying anything. Now, individual content creators might feel strongly about where they are on that. But nobody's the bad guy in that situation. NFL insiders who are megaphones and conduits for information, for agents, they're not the bad guys in that situation. But understand that if you were to see or hear a piece of analysis from that person, it's probably impacted by this phenomenon. And the same thing goes for people on the opposite side. The most objective people might have the least amount of insight because they don't have the relationships to provide them access. So, I wanted to make sure I brought this up. I think it's valuable. I think it changes the way you consume content if you know this ahead of time. If you are seeing things through this lens, it's a for your information. It's an FYI. It's a keep this in mind. And I think it has value. It has had value for me when I see things through that lens. And I think it will provide value for you as well. We are going to take a quick break. Stick with me. We'll be right back.
0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N
1: 29.com. Welcome back, everybody, and thank you for joining me for this edition of the Bruce Exclusive, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bruce Exclusive. Welcome back. Well, that was a weird first segment. That's what we did, though. This is the weird show. Let's be honest. That's what this is. It's the weird show. Whew. Okay. So you and I are going to have a conversation now that it's probably a, a long time coming. And I, I didn't think I was going to talk about it. I didn't plan to talk about it initially, but I saw something and it inspired this segment of the podcast. And I thought that this segment would be more meaningful if I shared this. So I have mentioned previously that I've been going through some stuff in my personal life and, you know, I appreciate your patience with me. Some of the pods were a little bit shorter. Um, Some of them probably weren't as well researched as they probably could have been um, for the last couple months. So I'm going to stop there with some contextual stuff and I'm going to say that this is what inspired this conversation. I was having a conversation with Jay Spence the King on his show, uh, The Code of Conduct, and I was having a conversation about Tua. And because of that, I kind of dug up some Tua conversations today on social media. And I initially wasn't planning on talking about this. I was planning on doing a stock up, stock down segment right now. But again, everybody's doing that. So we're not going to do it. We're going to zig when everyone else is zagging. And there was a comment about Tua in a you know a hypothetical joking fistfight and The comment was that if Tua takes one more shot, he's going to be a vegetable. And I I was struck very interesting by this comment. It hit me in in an odd way. And the reason that is is because I don't think we humanize people anymore. I don't think we humanize players. I don't think we humanize coaches. I think we spend a lot of our time thinking about this from a distance, thinking about this sport transactionally and we don't humanize people. Tua Tagovailoa, by all accounts, is a genuinely decent person who has been nothing but classy in the media, nothing but classy in his conversations about other teams, gives back to the community and from all accounts seems to be a genuinely good dude. The fact that we would Say something like that about Tua. My mother was in a coma for a long time when I was younger. It fundamentally altered my life. I am a different person now than I was before that incident, before that occurred. It happened at a very formative time in my life. It was a very significant deal for my family. And it continued to affect us today. And I thought of my mother when I saw that comment. I thought of going to the hospital every single day and seeing her and listening to the monitor over and over again. I thought about the times when I didn't think I was going to get her back. And I thought, how do we not humanize people? And I'll tell you what it is. It's a sociological concept of tribalism. You've heard me say this before, but one of the fundamental tactics used by leadership to galvanize people is to vilify others. You've heard me say the phrase before, in order for there to be an us, there has to be a them. People who lead that way are bad. Those are bad leaders. If the only way you can galvanize the people in your charge is by vilifying someone else, you're a bad leader. And this society and this culture is full of bad leaders who do that? They don't have any other better way to get you to rally around the flag, whatever that flag might be, whether that's a religion or a, a country or a, something as minute as a team. They don't have any better way to do that than to vilify someone else. And when they do that, they keep going stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger in the vilification, not funny stuff, not, ah, my team's better than your team. We have dehumanized people. They're not humans anymore. They're just the enemy. This is ridiculous. Have we lost any shred of humanity and decency that we have? These players are human beings first. These coaches are human beings first. You might not remember them in 20 years, but they won't be a player anymore, but they'll still be a human because that is first and foremost what they are. That is first and foremost what all of these people are. The people that you're saying horrible things about online, they are first and foremost humans. And everybody you know, everyone who's listening to this, myself saying it right now, I am guilty of this. We are all guilty of it at different times and to different degrees, but we are nonetheless guilty. We're going to circle back now. A couple months ago, during a, a routine medical checkup, a mass was discovered in my jaw. And this mass had eaten away at a chunk of my jaw. And there was some consternation around it. Could be a cyst of some sort. Could be a tumor. We don't know. But in this process, I was going through some other stuff that we won't talk about. And it created a significant amount of stress for me. Because even in the best case scenario, if it were to be removed and I were to not have cancer, which is the ideal circumstance, Then I was still at danger for having nerve damage on one side of my face, which by the way, I do. I have some nerve damage on one side of my face now from the removal. It turned out that I didn't have cancer after a long and arduous situation. It turns out that I didn't have cancer. Now that you know that, Do you reflect on the content that you consumed from me over the last couple months? Do you feel differently? If you had previously thought, man, Bruce isn't giving his best effort here, man, it feels like Bruce is really kind of struggling a little bit. Does Bruce sound sloppy to you guys? Man, what's going on with Bruce? Now that I've given you that piece of information, now do you feel differently? You might. But every single one of those players and coaches has stuff like that going on in their lives. I don't know if they have a cancer scare or not, but they've got something. Because they're humans. They're human beings. The people you're talking to and yelling at online and saying horrible things about, they all have stuff like that going on in their lives too. The, the content creators that you're saying angry things about, they have stuff going on in their life about that too. Well, I didn't know. You shouldn't have to. You shouldn't have to know that in order to treat them like human beings. A player died on the field last year. At what point do you need to know something? What context do you need to have to treat someone like a human? Why can't that just be the default for us? Why can't that just be my default? Why do I need the context? I shouldn't. I should start from a position of humanity. I shouldn't start from a position of dehumanization and then need the context to add humanity to the way that I correspond, the way that I communicate, the way that I critique, the way that I interact. I shouldn't need any of that. I had no plans of sharing this, but it affected me on a meaningful level. What I saw And I wanted to talk to you about it because I thought maybe it would help. And if I can put out a little bit of good, then this is all worth it. I know that you weren't expecting this type of podcast at this time. But again, I'm zigging. Everybody else is sagging. And we'll get to position camp battles and stock up and stock down next week, I promise. We'll we'll, we'll do that stuff. We'll do the stuff that's the football heavy stuff. We'll do the things we need to do. But this meant something to me in this moment. And I hope I hope that it means something to you. And if not, and you think this is a a bunch of hooey and doesn't really mean anything to you and maybe you're mad at me about it. I only have one thing to say. Well, that's the way the cookie crumbles. I'm Bruce Nolan, Buffalo Rumpets.